0: Chapter 27 of Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Myra Parker. Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World by John Timms. Chapter 27 Chimborazo riobamba is perhaps the most singular diorama in the world the town presents nothing remarkable in itself but it is placed on one of the sterile plateau so common in the andes which at this great elevation have all of them a characteristic appearance of winter which impresses the traveller with a feeling of sadness in order to reach it he has to pass through very picturesque places and this increases the depression produced by the change for it is always with regret that one leaves the climate of the tropics for the frosts of the north from the house where i lived i could look over capacurcu tunguragua cubille carguairazo and lastly to the north chimborazo besides several other celebrated mountains of the paramos which though they have not the honor of perpetual snow are still none the less worthy of the attention of the geologist this vast amphitheatre which bounds on all sides the horizon of riobamba is the scene of continually varied phenomena it is curious to observe the different appearances of these glaciers at different hours of the day and to see their apparent heights varying from one moment to another from the effect of atmospheric refractions and it is with great interest that one sees produced in a space so circumscribed all the great phenomena of meteorology here it is one of those clouds that de saussure has so well described as parasitical clouds which has just attached itself to the middle part of a cone of trachyte it sticks to it and the wind though blowing strongly cannot move it soon the thunder bursts from this mass of vapor hail mingled with rain inundates the lower part of the mountain whilst its snowy summit which the storm has not yet reached is vividly lighted up by the sun further on it is a sharp peak of ice resplendent with light it stands out against the azure of the heavens and all its forms may be distinguished even to the minutiae the atmosphere is remarkably clear and yet this peak is covered with a cloud which seems to emanate from its own bosom so that one might imagine it to have come out of smoke this cloud is already become a light vapor and soon it disappears altogether but soon also it reproduces itself just to disappear again this intermittent formation of the clouds is a very frequent phenomenon on the summits of mountains covered with snow it is chiefly observable in serene weather always some hours after the culmination of the sun in these conditions the glaciers may be compared to condensers thrust up towards the high regions of the atmosphere in order to dry up the water by freezing it, and to bring back in this way to the surface of the earth the water which they find in a state of vapor. These plateaus, surrounded by glaciers, sometimes present the most lugubrious aspect when a continued wind brings to them the humid air of the hot regions. The mountains become invisible, and the horizon is masked by a line of clouds which seem to touch the earth, the day is cold and damp this mass of vapor being almost impenetrable to the solar light it is a long twilight the only one which is known in the tropics for in the equatorial zone the night succeeds suddenly to-day so that the sun seems to become extinguished in setting i could not better finish my researches on the trachytes of the cordilleras than by a special study of chimborazo in order to do so it was certainly sufficient to approach its base but what made me go beyond the snowy boundary what made me determine on the ascent was the hope of obtaining the mean temperature of an extremely elevated station and although this hope was frustrated my excursion i hope was not without its use with regard to science my friend colonel hall who had already accompanied me up antisana and cotopaxi wished again to go with me on this expedition in order to add to the knowledge which he had already possessed of the topography of quito and to continue his researches on the geography of plants from riobamba chimborazo presents two slopes of very different inclinations the one which looks towards the arenal is very abrupt and there are to be seen coming out from under the ice numerous points of trachyte the other towards the place called chiapuyu not far from mocha is on the contrary little inclined but of a considerable extent after having well examined the environs of the mountains it was by this slope that we resolved to attack it on the fourteenth of december eighteen thirty one we went to lodge at the farm of the chimborazo where we found dry straw to lie on and some sheepskins to keep us from the cold the farm stands on an elevation of twelve thousand three hundred fifty so that the nights are cool there and as a resting-place it is not agreeable because wood is scarce we were already in the region of graminaceous plants which has to be crossed before the region of perpetual snow is reached there all ligneous vegetation ends on the fifteenth at seven in the morning we put ourselves en route guided by an indian from the farm we followed in ascending a rivulet enclosed between two walls of trachyte whose waters descend from the glacier but very soon we quitted this crevasse in order to direct our steps towards mocha going along the base of chimborazo we rose insensibly and our mules walked with trouble and difficulty through the debris of rock which has accumulated on the foot of the mountain the slope then became very rapid the ground was unstable and the mules stopped almost at every step to make a long pause they no longer obeyed the spur the breathing of the animals was hurried and panting we were then precisely at the height of mont blanc for the barometer indicated an elevation of fifteen thousand six hundred twenty six feet above the level of the sea after we had covered our faces with masks of light gauze in order to preserve ourselves from accidents such as we had met with on the we began to ascend a ridge which abutted on a very elevated point of the glacier. It was midday. We went up slowly, and as we got further and further on to the snow, the difficulty of breathing and walking became more and more felt. But we easily regained our strength by stopping at every eight or ten steps without always sitting down as we went on we felt extreme fatigue from the want of consistency in a snowy soil which continually gave way under our feet and in which we sank sometimes up to the waist in spite of all our efforts we were soon convinced of the impossibility of advancing in fact a little farther on the shifting snow was more than four feet deep we went to rest on a block of trachite which resembled an island in the midst of a sea of snow the height noted down was sixteen thousand six hundred twenty three feet so that after much fatigue we had only reached nine hundred ninety seven feet higher than the place where we set out at six o'clock we were back at the farm the weather had been splendid and chimborazo had never appeared to us so magnificent but after our fruitless journey we could not help looking at it with a feeling of spite we were determined to attempt the ascent by the abrupt side that is to say by the slope which looks towards the arenal we knew that it was on this side that humboldt had ascended this mountain for they had pointed out to us at riobamba the point to which he had reached but it was impossible for us to obtain exact information as to the route which he had followed to get there for the indians who had accompanied that intrepid traveller were no longer living at seven o'clock the next day we took the road towards the arenal the sky was remarkably pure on the east we perceived the famous volcano of sangay in the province of macas which nearly a century before la condamine had seen in a state of permanent incandescence in proportion as we advanced the land rose sensibly in general the trachyte plateau which supports the isolated peaks with which the andes are as it were bristling rise gradually to the base of these same peaks the numerous and deep crevasses which furrow these plateaux seem all to start from a common centre they become narrower as they get away from this centre we could only compare them to the lines on the surface of a cracked glass we were at a height of sixteen thousand seventy one feet when we took to journeying on foot the ground had become altogether impracticable for the mules and besides those animals whose instinct is extraordinary tried to make us understand the great fatigue which they felt their ears usually so straight and attentive were quite drooping and during the frequent halts which they made for breath they never ceased looking towards the plain few riders have probably taken their steeds to such a height and to travel on the backs of mules over a moving soil beyond the limits of the snow requires perhaps several years experience in riding in the andes after having examined the locality in which we were we saw that in order to gain a ridge which ascended towards the summit of Chimborazo, we must first climb an excessively steep ascent just in front of us it was formed in great part of blocks of rock of all sizes disposed in slopes here and there these fragments of trachyte were covered by sheets of ice more or less extensive and in several points you could clearly see that these debris of rock lay over the hardened snow they proceeded consequently from the recent falls which had taken place in the upper part of the mountain these falls are frequent and in the midst of the glaciers of the cordilleras what one has most to fear are the avalanches in which there are really more stones than snow at eleven o'clock we finished crossing a very extended sheet of ice on which we had been obliged to cut notches in order to make sure of our steps this passage was not without danger for a slide might have cost us our lives we entered then afresh on the debris of trachyte which was firm earth to us and from that time we were able to ascend more rapidly we marched along in a file i first then colonel hall and my negro last he followed my steps exactly in order not to endanger the safety of the instruments which were entrusted to him we kept an absolute silence during our march experience having taught me that nothing exhausts so much as a sustained conversation at this height and during our halts if we exchanged a few words it was in a low voice it is in a great measure to this precaution that i attribute the state of health which i have constantly enjoyed during my ascents up volcanoes and this precaution i imposed so to speak in a despotic manner on those who accompanied me for on the antisana an indian who neglected it and called with all the strength of his lungs to colonel hall who had lost his way as we were passing through a cloud was attacked with giddiness and hemorrhage we had now reached the ridge at which we were aiming it was not what we had thought it from a distance for in fact there was little snow on it but then its sides were so steep that they were very difficult to climb we were obliged to make almost unheard-of efforts and such gymnastics were painful in these aerial regions at last we arrived at the foot of a perpendicular wall of trachyte which was many hundred feet in height there was a visible feeling of discouragement in the expedition when the barometer told us that we were only at a height of eighteen thousand four hundred sixty feet this was little for us, for it was not even the height to which we had attained on Cotopaxi. Besides, Humboldt had ascended higher on Chimborazo, and we wished at least to attain the point at which that learned traveler had stopped. Explorers of mountains, when they are discouraged, are always very much disposed to sit down, and that is what we did on the pena colorada red rock it was the first rest sitting that we had allowed ourselves and as we were all excessively thirsty our first occupation was to suck some icicles in order to quench this thirst it was a quarter to one p m and yet we felt quite cold enough and the thermometer was down to thirty-one degrees we then found ourselves enveloped in a cloud when this had disappeared we examined our situation looking towards the red rock we had on the right a frightful abyss on the left towards the arenal we could distinguish an advanced rock which looked like a turret it was important to reach this in order to see if we could turn the red rock and to ascertain at the same time if it were possible to continue our ascent access to this turret was difficult but i managed it with the assistance of my two companions i saw then that if we succeeded in climbing over a very inclined surface covered with snow which leant against one face of this red rock opposite to the side by which we had reached it we should attain a very considerable elevation and in order to get a clear idea of the topography of chimborazo let any one picture to himself an immense rock sustained on all sides by such props which from the plain seemed to lean against this enormous block in order to shore it up before undertaking this dangerous passage i ordered my negro to go and try the snow it was of a convenient consistency hall and the negro succeeded in turning the foot of the position which i occupied and i joined them when they were sufficiently firmly planted to receive me for in order to rejoin them it was necessary to slide down about twenty-five feet of ice at the moment of setting forward a stone detached itself from the top of the mountain and fell quite close to colonel hall he tottered and fell i thought him wounded and was only reassured when i saw him get up and examine with his magnifying glass the sample of rock which was so roughly submitted to our investigation the unlucky tree kite was of the same kind as that on which we were walking we advanced carefully on the right we could support ourselves on the rock on the left the declivity was frightful and before going forward we began by familiarizing ourselves with the precipice this is a precaution which should never be neglected in the mountains whenever a dangerous place has to be passed de saussière said so long ago but it cannot be repeated too often and in my adventurous journeys among the peaks of the andes i have never lost sight of this wise precept we began already to feel more than we had yet done the effect of the rarefication of the air we were obliged to stop every two or three steps and often even to lie down for two or three seconds once seated we were all right again our suffering was only during the time that we were in motion but the snow itself soon rendered our progress as slow as it was dangerous it was only soft for about three or four inches and below was a very hard and slippery ice in which we were obliged to cut notches the negro went before in order to make these steps and the labor exhausted him in a moment i went forward to relieve him and slid but happily for me hall and my negro held me up however for an instant we were all in imminent danger this incident made us hesitate a moment but taking new courage we resolved to go on the snow became more favorable we made a last effort and in an hour and three-quarters we were on the desired ridge there we were convinced that it was impossible to do more being now at the foot of a prism of trachyte of which the upper basis, covered with a cupola of snow forms the summit of chimborazo the ridge at which we arrived was only some feet in width on all sides we were environed with precipices and surrounded by the strangest sights the deep color of the rock contrasted in the most striking manner with the dazzling whiteness of the snow long stalagmites of ice appeared suspended over our heads so that one might have thought that a magnificent cascade had frozen there the weather was beautiful some light clouds only being visible in the west the air was quite calm so that the view was very extensive the situation was new and we felt a lively satisfaction in it we were at a height of nineteen thousand five hundred thirteen feet which is i believe the greatest height to which men have ever climbed after some moments repose we found ourselves entirely recovered from our fatigues and neither of us experienced those uncomfortable sensations which most persons who have ascended high mountains have done after some moments repose we found ourselves entirely recovered from our fatigue and neither of us experienced those uncomfortable sensations which most persons who have ascended high mountains have done three quarters of an hour after our arrival my pulse and also colonel hall's beat one hundred six in a minute we were thirsty and evidently under a slightly feverish influence but it was not a painful state my friend was very gay and constantly saying the most piquant things notwithstanding that he was occupied in drawing the view that lay beneath us all sound seemed to me however thinned in a remarkable manner and the voices of my companions were so much changed that under any other circumstances it would have been impossible to recognize them the slight noise which the blows of my hammer on the rock made also surprised us very much the rarefaction of the air generally produces very marked results on climbers on the summit of mont blanc de saussure felt an uneasiness and a disposition to sickness and his guides who were all inhabitants of chamonix experienced the same sensations this state of uneasiness increased also when he made any movement or when he fixed his attention on any observations which he was making the first spaniards who went over the high mountains of america were attacked according to the account of acosta by nausea and stomach complaints bouguer had several attacks of hemorrhage in the cordilleras of quito the same thing happened on mont rosa to m zumstein and lastly on chimborazo m m de humboldt and bonpland at the time of their ascent of the twenty third of june eighteen o two felt a disposition to vomit and the blood came out of their lips and of their gums as for ourselves we had certainly found a difficulty in breathing and an extreme lassitude as we ascended but these inconveniences ceased with the movement once at rest and we believed ourselves to be in our normal state perhaps we must attribute our insensibility to the effects of rarefied air to our prolonged stay in the high towns of the andes when one has seen the activity which there is in the towns like bogota Miquipampa, potosi etc which are at from eight thousand to twelve thousand feet above the sea when one has been witness to the strength and prodigious agility of the toreadors in a bull-fight at quito which is at a height of more than nine thousand feet when one has seen lastly young and delicate women give themselves up to dancing during entire nights in localities almost as elevated as mont blanc when the celebrated de Saussure found hardly enough strength to consult his instruments and where his vigorous mountaineers fell exhausted whilst digging a hole in the snow if i must add a celebrated battle that of Pichincha was fought at a height differing little from that of mont blanc it will be granted i think that man may become accustomed to breathe the rarefied air of the highest mountains whilst we were occupied in making our observations on chimborazo the weather continued fine and the sun was so hot as slightly to incommode us towards three o'clock we perceived some clouds forming below in the plain the thunder soon began to growl below our position and though the noise was not loud it was prolonged we thought at first that it was a bramido or subterranean rumbling dark clouds then gathered round the base of the mountain and they slowly rose towards us so we had no time to lose for it was essential that we should pass the bad places before we were overtaken as otherwise we should run into the greatest dangers a heavy fall of snow or of frost which should render the way slippery would suffice to hinder our return and we had no provision for a stay on the glacier the descent was difficult after we had got down from nine hundred to twelve hundred feet we penetrated into clouds by entering them from above a little lower hail began to fall which considerably chilled the air and at the moment at which we met the indian who took care of our mules the cloud broke over us in hail that was so large as to be quite painful when the hailstones struck either our heads or faces in proportion as we descended an icy rain was mixed with the hail night surprised us on the road and it was eight o'clock when we reached the farm the observations which i was able to collect during this excursion tend all of them to confirm any ideas on the nature of the trachite mountains which form the chain of the cordilleras for i have seen repeated on chimborazo all the facts which i have noticed in treating of the volcanoes of the equator it is evidently itself an extinct volcano like cotopaxi Antisana, tunguragua and in general the mountains which stand thickly on the plateau of the andes the mass of chimborazo is formed by the accumulation of trachyte debris heaped together without any order these fragments of a size which is often enormous have been thrown together in a solid state their angles are always sharp and nothing indicates that there has been any fusion or even a simple state of softness nowhere in any of the volcanoes of the equator does one observe anything which would lead one to presume that there had been a flow of lava nothing but muddy elastic fluids or incandescent blocks of trachyte more or less solid have come out of these craters and these have often been thrown to considerable distances on the twenty third of december in the afternoon i quitted riobamba directing my course towards guayaquil where i was to embark in order to visit the coast of peru it was in sight of chimborazo that i separated from colonel hall during my stay in the province of quito i had enjoyed his confidence and his friendship his perfect acquaintance with the localities had been of the greatest use to me and i had found in him an excellent and indefatigable travelling companion and lastly both of us had served for a long time in the cause of independence our farewells were full of regret, and something seemed to tell us that we should never meet again. This fatal presentiment was but too well founded. For some months afterwards, my unhappy friend was assassinated in a street of Quito. Busingol, Voyage au Volcan de Ecuador. End of Chapter Twenty Seven, Recording. By Myra Parker.